In our series on, uh, on Wednesday nights, I know last Wednesday that Buck ministered and preached and uh, we got to hear it while we were traveling. It was a wonderful word. I thank the Lord for it. Um, we're going to get back to our series now on uh, how to obtain fullness of power. And again, just to refresh your, your memory, uh, there's, gonna, there's five sections. We are finishing the third section tonight. The power of the Word of God which we started with the power of the blood of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, which we're finishing tonight. We've been on for several weeks. The power of prayer, which will start next Wednesday, Lord willing, and then end with the power of a surrendered life. So those five topics, uh, this is based on, on, on a book that Ari Tori wrote, and uh, it's been a blessing to me. This is the second time that I've gone through it. And the, the theme of the, the book is Psalms 6211. God had spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Amen? Power belongs unto God. It goes on to say uh, in Ephesians, we know the Scripture, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I do want to say this, and, and Dee and I were talking about it some this afternoon. I know that you know this, but I want to say it anyway, that when, when we're seeking power from the Lord, which we should seek power from the Lord, we should seek to be strong in the Lord, strong in the Word, strong in the Spirit, strong in the blood of Christ, strong in prayer, uh, strong in every way. We ought to walk in, I would say, the fullness or the optimum uh, walk that we can have with the Lord. But it's all for His glory. All of it is for His glory. It's not power for the sake of power. Like, remember Simon the sorcerer, when he saw that the apostles laid their hands on new believers in Samaria, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. And Simon, who had been a sorcerer all of his life, and he had some demonic power before he got saved, he, he says, oh, I want that. I want that power. Well, Peter rebuked him sharply and said, your money perish with you if you think the gift of God can be bought with money. It's not about power for power's sake. It's not power so we can wield it and dominate over other people and be, and be higher than other people. He's already called us to be the head and not the tail. That's a calling. It's, it's for His sake. It's power so that I have a more uh, intimate walk with Christ. It's power so that I know Him more. It's power that I have more of His peace more of His joy, more of an overcoming life. And I would really characterize all this book with saying we want to walk in an overcoming life. It's not under all the time, under the circumstances, under the situation, under the trial. We may be in circumstances and in trials, but God would have us to walk in an overcoming manner by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's possible, okay? And so... I guess the whole idea of this book is that we would walk in the possibility, we would walk in what God has for us and not come short of what God has for us. Amen? So just keeping that in mind, but we're, we're going to uh, pick back up where we left off two weeks ago. We're talking about uh, what the Holy Spirit can do in the heart and the life of a person. There's been many things, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I want us to read, turn with me if you would in your Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. I find that I go to this passage often. I guess once the Lord made it more uh, 
real to me or I've kind of highlighted this in Scripture in my own heart and mind, I go to it often. We're going to pick up verse 2. Here. The believers are in Antioch. And it says here, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, I, I love that just right there, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. This was what they were doing. This was their practice. This is what was going on in the church in Antioch. The Holy Spirit said, so the Holy Ghost begins to speak, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by who? By the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. One of the things we notice quickly, and this is really what we're going to talk about tonight, is the ability or the power of the Holy Spirit to guide believers. How many of you need to be guided by the Lord? How many of you need direction? I'm talking about daily, continually, every day, that the Holy Spirit would guide our steps and our mind and our thoughts and our decisions. The big decisions, the medium-sized decisions, the little decisions that God would guide us. Well, the Lord's answer to that is the Holy Spirit, okay? And we see that. We're going to look at some other Scriptures as well. But here, the, the idea is a calling into ministry, right? A specific calling. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I've called them to do. Not for salvation. They were already saved. Everybody there that was praying and fasting was born again. Separate these two men unto me for the work that I've called them to do. The service of the Lord. Okay? So the ministry, the mission field, specifically. And the Holy Spirit sends men into very specific fields. Okay? And it doesn't matter. There's not one any more special than the other. We think of China and India and places like that in Africa as being like more important, so to speak, or more of a higher calling than to be called to Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Chicago or Boston or, you know, something like that. But really, the high calling is the one that the Lord's called you to. That's the one that's the highest of all. That's the one we need to be in. That's the one we need to hear from God and be in. So the Holy Spirit not only calls in a general way all believers, uh, but He calls in very specific ways. And that was a great example of it. If you're ever wondering, how does the Lord speak to people? Give me an example of God speaking to people in the New Testament. Uh, you know, not just Jesus speaking to people when He was physically on the earth. But there's a wonderful example. Okay? They were praying and fasting in the church in Antioch and the Holy Ghost said. Okay? The Holy Ghost said. Highlight that in your Bibles. But the Lord calls in general ways in the sense of every one of us is called to, uh, to be separated unto God. Every one of us is called to, uh, to live a life of faith and to grow in Christ and to witness to those around us, right? To study the Word of God, to live a life of prayer. That would be a general call that's for every believer and you don't have to wait for an audible voice or something like that. We pick up the Bible. He says, do this. We begin to walk in it. And as we grow in the Lord and grow in the Word, we begin to walk in that more and more. But then there are specific things that are unique to each of us. 
what God has for Dalen, what God has for Alberta, what God has for Sherry or Dee or Damien or me. Uh, those are specifics that we're all going to be the same in 99% of our Christianity. But there are things that will be unique to your life that are very much of the Lord. Very much things He's called you to. And we need to hear from God. Amen? The Holy Spirit is able to do that. You cannot, on your own, just settle the question. In other words, I think I'm going to go to Africa. I think I'm going to be a pastor. I think I'm going to go to seminary and study this and be a youth minister or a music leader. I think I'm going to go do street evangelism and sell everything I have and I'm going to go do that. You are not and I are not to settle that on our own. Even if it's something you've always wanted to do, maybe much of your Christian life you've wanted to do, could very well, well be the calling of God. But the point is, you've got to know it's the calling of God. You cannot and I cannot just settle that on my own. It's not based on natural inclinations or abilities. It's not based on... Uh, they were enamored with something, almost the romance of going into full-time missions or ministry or something like that. We read a book about, you know, Jim Elliott, and we want to go do that, or, or, or uh, you know, William Carey going into India and translating the Bible into the language there. And so we, we get real excited about that. We need to hear from God. And so you can't settle it, and another person or a group of people cannot settle it for you. Even other believers. Y'all, you know, if, we're, if we leave with just a couple of thoughts here tonight, that would be one I want to leave with. You can't settle it on your own. And you can't bring it to a bunch of people, even Christian people that love you and love Jesus, and have it settled. I'm not saying we don't go to counselors. I'm not saying we don't ask for prayer. From We ought to. Take advantage of the, the Christian mature believers that God's put in your life. But when it finally comes down to it, you will have to hear from God. Amen. You will have to hear from God on everything. Okay? On everything in your life. And I would also say this. Be careful not to run around. And I've seen people do this. And I don't want to be guilty of it myself. And I want to just admonish you not to do this. You are perplexed about something. You're saved. You're, you're debating over A or B or C or what to do in your life. And so you go and you ask somebody and you didn't really like what they had to say. And so you go to someone else, another believer, and you go ask them and you like what they had to say a little better. Maybe you keep going until you finally get the answer you wanted. People, we can be guilty of that. We're human beings. Don't do that. Pray and fast like these believers were here in Antioch. And the Holy Ghost spoke to them. Okay? He's no respecter of persons. What He did for them in Antioch 2,000 years ago, He's doing for people today. He has led me very specifically on things in my life. I want to testify. I want to give the God, God the glory. Okay? Uh, for everything. For so many things. When I really didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't ask a bunch of people. And I prayed and I didn't get an answer. And I prayed and didn't get an answer. But finally the answer did come. It came when God wanted to give me the answer. And so if you are praying sincerely and haven't heard from God yet about some specific thing in your life, 
then I would say this, keep praying and keep asking. Don't run around to a bunch of people. Nothing wrong with getting counsel. As I said, though, before you make a decision, though, you're going to have to hear from God. You are. Hear from your pastor could be God speaking to you, but you better know that that's God speaking to you. Hear from your Sunday school teacher or your Christian mentor, whoever it may be, uh, could be the Lord, but you better know it's the Lord. Amen? So again, you can't settle it yourself and you can't have other people settle it for you. God has to speak. He can speak. He does speak. How many of you know that He's willing to do that? We're not trying to, to as I said, of so many things in our walk with the Lord, we're not trying to beg Him and persuade Him to do something that He doesn't want to do and He's not inclined to do. He loves us. I talked about it, I forgot when, recently, but the Bible says, uh, fear not, little flock. Jesus said it's your Father's good pleasure to bring you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. It's His good pleasure. Before we were ever thinking about the kingdom, God had it in His mind and His heart to be a joy for Him to give you the kingdom and everything that pertains to it. Okay? And so just we remember this. How does the Holy Spirit call them? How does He guide and lead? Um, there's nothing in the, the Scripture that we just read in those few verses in Acts 13 that tells us how. And, and here's what I mean by that. We don't know if He spoke in an audible voice. You know, that thundered. Okay? We don't know if He uh, spoke in some fantastic way with a handwriting on the wall. Like in, uh, in uh, Daniel's day. We don't know, but we know that when it was all said and done, he was able to communicate to his people. And I can testify of that in my own life as well as I know that you can. That somehow or another, you just knew. You didn't know. It wasn't intuition. It wasn't your, uh, following your gut. It was you knew from the Lord. Somehow or another, he communicated to you. He is able to do that. Alright? Just trust him. Don't put pressure on yourself or on the circumstance that it has to be this way. It has to be handwriting on the wall. It has to be a vision like Daniel had. It has to be a dream or a vision not like when Peter fell in a trance at noon, you know, and saw this, this sheet lower down with unclean beasts. And we put God in a box saying it has to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. He's a big enough God to communicate to His creatures that He created. How much more to his children that he saved and that hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? Uh, we don't know that it's going to be necessarily. If you've seen people that just like open their Bible, close their eyes, bam, they put their finger down. Oh, 2 Chronicles 13, you know, with some genealogy. And they're looking for their answer from God and they think that's how God's going to direct them. I would say this, spend your life in the Word. Spend your life in prayer. Let that be your meat day and night. Every day, every week, every month, every year, God will lead you. He may lead you to a specific verse, but it doesn't have to be like this, bam, wherever the wind blows my Bible open, the first verse I read, that must be my answer from God. I think it's foolishness. I think it's ridiculous. Could God do that? Yes. Does He tell us that that's how He has to do it and that that's how we should expect Him to do it? Absolutely not. 
The Bible says the meek he will guide with his eye. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And so he's talking to his children. It's a walk. It's a pattern of walking with God and praying and seeking the Lord. It doesn't mean your hand's going to twitch every time God's about to speak through you. God could do that, but it doesn't have to be that. And because God may have done that with some other believer, doesn't mean that's his pattern that he has to do it. Okay? I'm not ridiculing those things. I'm saying that we're nowhere uh, where in the Word of God are told to look for God in those specific ways. We're to look for God in His Word and on our knees and in prayer and discerning the Holy Ghost in our hearts and so forth. Uh, as I said, the important, the important part point is that with these believers and with Barnabas and Saul, the Lord, I mean with Paul, He made it known, right? He communicated to them. And it wasn't just to Barnabas and Paul. It was to Barnabas and Paul and the believers that were like-minded, that were praying and seeking God. So in other words, the ones being sent heard, they would have to hear. The ones who were sending them out and laying their hands on them and sending them out, they had to hear too. Because they were going out from their church. You know, we talk about supporting a missionary or are taking on a missionary, so to speak, or sending out someone to start a new church plant from this church. We, that person would have to know it's God more than anyone, but it would follow to reason that the church that that person's a part of would have the same knowing. Yes, this is of God. This is the time. This, you're the one. This is the call. This is the place. It's the Lord. You're in agreement. I'm in agreement. The Holy Ghost showed us we're all together on this. And we send them out. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? It is. And uh, it's a great need in a Christian, Christian ministry today and in Christian churches today to have a God-called people. I'm talking about truly people that are truly God called by God. And I think it's a great lacking. for some, Somehow, I'm not saying it never happens. Of course it happens. But I think far too many times we'll see people that call themselves, you know, when I really want to be a pastor, I really want to do this. And they call themselves into it. And it's like somebody says, I really want to be a doctor. And so they set out on that course, high school, college, med school, you know, the whole bit right on through and with a very definite planning. And they can be believers that are really saved that do this. They were never called by God to do that. And we have to be sure. We have to be sure. Remember, there's a general call. We're called to be holy. We're called to be uh, light. As He walk in the light and so forth. So many things are, are generally called to believers, but specific things like that, we don't really have the right to call ourselves. We don't have the right for a committee to call us to that. It wasn't a committee that called Paul and Barnabas. It was the Holy Ghost that called. It was a group of believers that sent them out but the Holy Ghost sent them out. Y'all understand that. So uh, far too many. Um, how are we going to receive it? How we're going to receive that calling from the Lord? First of all, by desiring it. it has to be a genuine, genuine desire by seeking that answer to that. And then the part we hate the worst is the waiting upon it. Desiring it. I, wonder, I really want to know what God has for me. Right? I really want what He wants. And then I'm going to seek God for that. 
going to seek Him in prayer. I'm going to seek Him in the Word. I'm going to ask other believers to pray with me. Or maybe it's something that's very private to your heart and God says keep it private. But uh, And then they're going to wait. You're going to wait upon the Lord. And you're going to wait by faith expecting. Okay? Whether it's today, tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now, I'm still praying and seeking God. I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off to a bunch of people trying to get the answer I want. I'm going to the Lord and I'm waiting till I hear it. And He is going to speak to me. And I have that confidence in my heart that He is going to show me. Right? He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. There's no maybes. There's no some of the sheep. There's no sometimes. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. And the voice of a stranger will they not follow because they don't know the voice of a stranger. He calls His own sheep by name and they follow. John chapter 10. It's a wonderful chapter. It says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Lord spoke. Uh, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, uh, and they'll kind of, believers will kind of justify themselves and say, well, uh, that's great for you to be a, a full-time missionary or to, to go out on you know, Thursdays to Foxy's or Tuesdays to, to teach the kids at Parkview or go to the prisons a couple of days a week. That's great for you, but I was never called to that. And the question would be, are you really listening? In other words, for somebody to just kind of blow it off and say, well, I was never called to that. I would say, are you seeking the Lord to hear? You may not be called to that. You may be exactly right. But you better desire to know what that calling or what the calling of God is upon your life. We, we excuse ourselves or exempt ourselves to think from a lot of ministry and work because we say we're not called when we haven't sought the Lord at all about it. I think we should seek the Lord about it and live a life of seeking the Lord about it and know that He's big enough and powerful enough to communicate the call if and when the time comes. But live a life of seeking God. Live a life of, of asking and seeking. I, I share this. Remember when we went witnessing in the, the Foxy's neighborhood a while back. And I shared that Wednesday night. Uh, just some preparation scriptures. Getting us ready to go out there. And I was quoting from a, a, a pastor who said. He, same thing. He, he's big on, on witnessing and sharing the gospel everywhere he goes. And people say, that's a great preacher, but I've never been called to do that. And he says, well, you need to answer your phone. You know, because you have been called to that. That's a general call for every believer to share the gospel. We are ambassadors for Christ. Every believer. As soon as you get saved, you can testify of what God's done in your life. Okay, and you might have to grow and mature before you become a teacher of the Word or a preacher of the Word or have disciples under you that you're bringing, about, bringing up. But you can testify immediately with the same power and the same Gospel by which you are saved to your friend, your neighbor, your mother, your father right away. That's not only allowable, it's, it's a calling. Amen? It's a calling. And so... Uh, I just want to quote a little quote from, from the book here. God speaks often in a still, small voice. Okay? It's not always some audible thing. Are you listening, though? Am I listening? We have to get quiet. Y'all, there has to be times in our life, regular times in our life, when we are quiet before the Lord. 
Honestly, when the praise music's not playing, when we're not sitting in a Sunday school lesson, all those things are necessary in our growth. But there's also needs to be regular times in your life and my life when we are quiet before the Lord. When we are still before the Lord. We might be reading a psalm, Psalm 37, and then just close it and meditate on it and think on it. And meditate on God and think on God. Not in plans and, and, and you know, let me try to memorize the 12 disciples and the 12 tribes of Israel. And There's nothing wrong with that. But just we're quiet before the Lord. Not daydreaming. Not Eastern meditation where we do a mantra. But where we're meditating on the Lord and God speaks to us. Okay? And I think it's, it's uh, very important that we do that. God speaks... And it's only the listening ear that's going to catch it. That's going to hear it when He does. Maybe God is speaking to our hearts and lives, but we're so caught up in our rat race. I'm not saying you're not born again. We're so caught up in a rat race that we're not hearing wonderful things and important things that God is wanting to show us. Now, no man uh, can just say, I'm going to China to be a missionary. But at the same time, I think everybody, including myself, we ought to offer ourselves to God fully. I'm sure we'll cover this more in the last chapter about a surrendered life. But we ought to offer ourselves to God and say, if you want to send me to China, I've got a good job. I've got, you know, everything in life is, is pretty much stable and it's kind of the way I want it and my Christian life is the way I want it and I'm serving God and I'm teaching a Sunday school class but we still ought to offer ourselves to God sincerely to say Lord if you want to send me to China honestly in my heart of hearts I will go I will do that if that's what you've called me to so it'd be insincere to say okay whatever you know Lord whatever you want I'll do and you really don't mean it and you're not waiting for an answer, and you don't want to hear that answer, we ought to definitely give ourselves to the Lord. Don't go to China if He doesn't send you, but be willing to go to China if He sends you. Be willing to die in China if He sends you there with no air conditioning. You know what I mean? Uh, Be willing to do that. Uh, And I need to be willing to do that. We have to give ourselves, and I believe when we're offer ourselves to God like that, honestly, and we can even pray, Lord, I think I'm honest when I pray this. Help me to be honest. Show me my own heart. If I'm not honest, please take away any rebellion or stubbornness or fear out of my life. I want to be honest with you. I want to surrender to you. And then I'm going to listen for your answer. Doesn't mean we can never get up and go about our life after that. But I think we can stay in a life of prayer submitted to God that we're willing to do whatever He sends us to and we're listening. Amen? We're listening. All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, we're still talking about the, the ability or the power of the Holy Ghost to guide the believers. Uh, let's look at this in Acts chapter 8. I love this story. This is uh, Philip. He's been preaching in Samaria. And there's great revival there. And at the end of this chapter, the Lord moves him somewhere else for a specific ministry, specific mission. Acts chapter 8. Well, let's pick up verse 26. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise. Now, he had been in Samaria preaching. A lot of souls were getting saved. It was wonderful. 
But the angel of the Lord says unto Philip, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. So he immediately obeyed. Okay. And uh, uh, behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopia, who had the charge of her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit, specifically says the Spirit, the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Isn't that exciting? That the Lord, it's not just an exciting story about how he goes and he, he, he's reading from Isaiah 53. And do you understand what you're reading there, mister? How can I, unless somebody tells me, uh, come on up in this chariot and ride with me a while and explain it to me. And he explains it to him. And he preached Christ to him from the Old Testament. The man got saved. They hopped down out of the chariot because there's water there. He baptizes him in water. Philip is translated instantly to some other place. You couldn't make it more any more exciting than that. But what's exciting about this is how the Lord said specifically, this is where I want you to go. So he obeyed. First thing he did is he obeyed. He didn't drag his feet and say, well, I'm tired. There's a big revival going on here, Lord. When this kind of, uh, you know, tails off a little bit and dies down, then I'll go. Got some people that are really counting on me here, some new believers. He didn't do any of that. The Lord spoke to him and said, go to this place. And he went. And guess what? When we go, then the next step is revealed. Could be right on the heels of it. Could be very quick. And so he's there. And undoubtedly, you know that as he traveled from Samaria, I don't know the, the map probably like I should, but from Samaria to Gaza, which is desert, to this specific place, he probably passed a lot of people. He didn't stop and share the gospel with every one of them. He might not stop and share the gospel with any of them. But he was being faithful to the call. Okay? He was being faithful to do what God called him to do. And when this man in the chariot goes by, this man of authority with a prominent position in the government and the kingdom of Ethiopia is passing by, then the Holy Spirit says, go join yourself to this chariot. It was very clear, right? Very clear. And so uh, God leads us. We don't necessarily speak to every person that we pass about Jesus Christ. But guess what? We ought to be listening and we ought to be ready when He does prompt us. And this one, He's prompting us to speak to of all the people we might think would be the last one I would want to share the Gospel with. I had ten other people cross my path today that seemed much nicer and friendly and I would much rather share the Gospel with them. But this guy's cursing every other word and God says share the Gospel with him. I need to be willing and listening. And listening and willing. We're not going to set our life on hold and just walk out of the office one day, stop doing the work that we've been called and hired to do, and start witnessing to every human being. Never go home. Never go eat. Just going to witness to everybody because we're called to witness. We're all called to witness. But we need to be ready to witness. We need to be listening to the Lord. And we need to be ready to speak at a, at a moment's notice. 
at a moment's notice. You're not in the Christian mode. You're in the work mode right now. But God says that person sitting across the desk from you today who some big business dealings going on with there, that's the one I want you to share the Gospel with him before he leaves today. I want you to tell him how God healed you. I want you to tell him how God saved you from alcoholism. I want you to tell him how God saved you from depression. Tell him how you almost took your life and God saved you. Tell him right now. And, and th he wants us to do that. It's exciting to live that way, y'all. And when we trust God, that's when we see God at work. We don't invent our own calling. We're all called to witness. We already know that. Who do you want me to witness to? If your church is planning some and we prayed and we're going out to Foxy's neighborhood to go witness some on a Friday night, we can pretty much guarantee God wants us to go out there sharing the gospel. We've prayed, feel like the Lord is leading us to do that. We're going to do it. But just in life, day by day, be ready. Be ready and prayed up. So when he says, right now, next person that walks in the door is thinking about taking their own life. They're so depressed. Their husband just left them. Or their wife just left them for another person. I want you to share the gospel and tell them what God can do. Don't take your life. Here's what the Lord wants to give you life. And be ready to do that. Is there any reason we could not live that way? That I couldn't live that way? It's exciting. It's awesome to live that way. And, and to hear from the Lord. Okay? Uh, God wants to guide us. He's ready as I said at the beginning, he desires to do that. We're not begging him to do something. Okay, okay, Clarissa, I'll show you. I don't really want to, and I don't really like you. You know, you're real, you're really a bother, but I'll do it. That's not at all. He is willing to do it, but he's going to speak to the listening heart. He's going to speak to the seeking heart, and he wants us to seek and listen to hear from him. You know what he wants to lead us in? Everything. Going to China. And dying there for the Lord. He wants to lead you in the friends that you have. Now that you're a Christian and now He's called you to a deeper walk and you realize some of these friends are going a different direction and there are times He separates us from that. He wants to lead you in that. He wants to guide you in that. He wants to guide you and take this job or this job or that job. And well, this one pays a lot more, but God says take this one. This isn't where I want to plant you in this one. It's not the one that pays the most. Or maybe it is the one that pays the most. But He wants to lead us. He wants to lead us in houses that we buy. Right? He wants to lead you in the spouse that you're going to spend your life with. That God's going to send into your life. He wants to lead you in the schools where you put your children. He wants to lead you in your schedules to where you have this time to spend with Him and be in church and he wants to lead you in your financial decisions. How you spend every penny that you have. Not living in bondage about it, but just walking closely with God. So, you hear His voice. Amen? I'm not saying you don't go buy a hamburger until God shows you. I'm saying you walk closely with the Lord. And He leads you and guides you in your life. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, and we know the Scripture in James 1, if any man lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God. Well, I need wisdom. I lack wisdom. I have an amount of wisdom. What I do have comes from God, and I need a lot more. Okay? If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men how? Grudgingly. 
And you have to pull it from his hands. No, who gives to all men liberally and doesn't upbraid and scold you for coming for the 10,000th time for wisdom. He gives to all men liberally, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, okay? So God wants us to call upon him. And he wants us to, uh, to, to understand. There's a couple of things that go into that, that passage there in James. First of all, I need to understand my utter lack of wisdom, my lack or destitute of real wisdom without God. Okay? So much of this book has been dealing with that. Understand my lack without the Holy Spirit's provision, without the wisdom of God. I'm not nearly as sharp as I think I am. I'm not nearly as clever to just pick the right thing every time. Because what looks like the right thing may not be the right thing, but God is Alpha and Omega, and He knows what's coming, and He can lead me and guide me. This doesn't look right now. This looks like a desert, but I'm going to send a, a river of water through it pretty soon. You just, you just hang on. You go out there by the desert and wait, and I'm going to send water to you out there. Uh, we need to understand our lack. We need to tr truly desire the wisdom of God. These sounds like simple things, but they're important. I need to understand I don't have wisdom apart from the wisdom of God. I need to understand, uh, I need to truly desire it. Not like, well, if He gives it to me, He gives it to me. I'll be fine if not. We need to desire it. So we're asking sincerely. I said earlier, the meek, the Lord guides in judgment. It says in Psalm 25, the meek, the Lord guides uh, through life. And, the, and I love this scripture. And you don't have to turn there, but just for time's sake, in John 7, 17, Jesus said, if any man will do his will, then he'll know if, if it's of God or not. In other words, Jesus said, if any man will do what God has called you to do clearly, then he will know the doctrine. He'll know more truth. He'll know more. But a lot of people sit back at arm's length and, and see things going on. Maybe this is God. Maybe that's God speaking. And they never go any deeper than that. But the one that will say yes to what he does know, I know I've shared this before. I, I firmly believe it. Walk in the amount of light that you are given. You say, well, uh, you know, brother so-and-so or Paul or John, they had more light than me. Very, very well, they probably did have more light than me. But they walked in the amount that they did have and they got more. And you and I can only be responsible to walk in the measure of spiritual light that we have. If I will walk in that light, guess what? Then I'll know more of the will of God. Because before I was outside the building kind of looking in, here's something that maybe I should do as a believer. Maybe you're not tithing. I'm just totally making this up. And you know you're supposed to, but you're still on the outside looking in. You say, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to start tithing. So we took a step, right? Further in obedience to the Word of God. Guess what's going to happen there? More is going to be opened up to you. Certainly you'll be blessed for, for obeying the Lord in that area, but there'll be more light. Wow, I didn't see this before spiritually. I heard other people talk about it, and now I'm really seeing that. It's a wonderful thing, y'all. Talking about being led by the Holy Spirit in life. 
And third, we must definitely ask for it. Okay, we got to understand our lack for wisdom, of wisdom. We ought to genuinely desire it. We need to definitely ask for it. We must by faith, forth, confidently believe, confidently believe we're going to receive from the Lord. And fifth, we must, and I already kind of alluded to that, walk step by step to where He leads us. Maybe I'm asking, should I go to China and be a missionary and live and die there? And the Lord's not showing me all of China right now. He's showing me to... Uh, I want you to go uh, start studying your Bible more than you ever have before. And you don't even know why. That's just the next step He's showing you. I want you to start studying the Gospels. I want you to start going through the Gospels to where you know them backwards and forward and you can preach and teach them. Well, that's kind of unusual. I was praying about going to China. You know, but maybe that's just the next step. As we start studying the Word of God the way He's told me to, then He shows me the next step. He is not obligated to show us everything at once. Even when He called Barnabas and Saul to the ministry He called them to, He didn't show them every detail of what was going to go on, how many missionary trips they were going to take, and later it would be Silas instead of Barnabas. He didn't show them all that at the beginning. But they went and did. And, and we just looked at, at uh, Philip. He went to where God called him to. And he said, join yourself to this chariot. He joined himself to that chariot. And then the next steps are revealed. Again, that's very exciting. We saw that with, uh, in a physical sense. And I'll be closing here in a minute. But we saw that in a physical sense with Israel in the wilderness. You know, it wasn't just a beeline from, from Egypt where they crossed the Red Sea straight to, you know, the Promised Land, which some people say they could have made in a matter of weeks or months on the outside, maybe two months. Um, they, they were led by a pillar of cloud during the day that represented God's presence, okay, and a pillar of fire by night. So they always knew when they could look out their tent and see that that pillar of fire was there at night, we're, we're, we are where we're supposed to be. Well, I sure wish we'd have been gone from here six months ago. But they were where they should be. They were where God wanted them to be. And they knew that. How did they know? Because God said, I'm going to lead you. And when the pillar of fire or cloud picks up and moves, pack up your tents, we're going. And where it stops and abides in one place for a while, set up your tents there. That's where you're going to be until the tent moves. Then say for a day, for a week, a month, a year, for 40 years, you'll be there until the next word from God comes. Same for our lives, y'all. There's very uh, wonderful spiritual truths and all that. And so the Lord leads us, okay? He leads us. And we need to... We need to understand that He desires to lead us and we need to be willing to do whatever He leads us to. Amen? So I'm just going uh, to close with, with this thought. We do what God has showed us to do and shown us to do even while we're waiting. And I just this is just my own thought that I want to share. I have talked to some people and I've learned it in my own life and I'm learning it in my own life that a lot of times people will do nothing for God. Nothing for the Lord until God shows them what they're asking. I've been asking God, do I go to China or not go to China? Do I quit my job and go into missions or do I not? 
And until they hear that answer, they're not going out witnessing anybody. They're not teaching the Sunday school. They're not teaching the kids Sunday school. They're not helping with the kids choir. They're not uh, helping stack up tables and chairs when need to be. You understand what I'm saying? They're just, oh, they're almost like they're above it. I'm waiting on this big call. That is not the Lord. He calls people that are working. You know that? He got, the Lord calls people that are doing. They were praying and fasting and seeking the Lord when He called them. They weren't fishing. They weren't on vacation. They weren't sleeping their life away. Say, so, well, He just hadn't shown me about China yet. You know, and I'm sure, you know, we can spiritualize that all you want. Well, I don't want to move till God shows me. But he's already showed you to study the Bible, right? He's already showed you to pray without ceasing. He's already showed you that you're an ambassador for Christ and we're lights for Christ and to share this gospel with other people. He's already showed you to serve the Lord. And so serve God. Serve Him fully. Serve Him with every ounce of your being. Every fiber of your being. And I promise you, while you're serving God and seeking the Lord, not being lazy, He's going to call you. He's going to give you that answer that you were seeking from Him. He's going to say, He's pleased with that. You see what I mean? He's pleased with that. And so, don't use, well, I haven't heard the big calling to the big thing I'm seeking God for as an excuse to do nothing. Serve God. Go to the nursing home. Or go and witness, and if you can go, go. You know what I mean? Tell people about Jesus. And we serve the Lord in that way. I'm close with this scripture. And when, uh, if you're still in Acts, we'll close with this in Acts 4.31. Early church was being persecuted. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were being persecuted by the religious of their day. They didn't know the Lord. Verse 31. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the Word of God with boldness. The Holy Spirit has the power to give us boldness to proclaim the Word. To lead us and to not only show us what's next and guide us into China or India or whatever, but to empower us to do that. Okay? Empower us to do that. He's not, he's not waiting. And I'm closing this chapter here tonight in this thought. He's not... He's not dependent upon your natural abilities. I'm a good speaker. I'm not a good speaker. I'm timid in front of big crowds. I'm very outgoing. It's easy for me to talk in front of big crowds. None of that matters to God. His answer is the Holy Spirit. His answer is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, And He wants to fill us with His Spirit and send us forth. And He empowers us with great boldness to do what He's called us to. He calls us and He fills it. Fills us with the Spirit. The Christian life is not to be lived in your natural abilities. Not that we throw our natural abilities out and say they're stupid and pointless. I'm saying your Christian life is to be lived by faith. Your Christian uh, life, is your service to the Lord is not based on your natural abilities. I'm a good singer, therefore I guess I'll be in Christian music. I'm good with young people. Therefore, I guess I'll work with youth. That's just carnal reasoning. God has an answer to every lack that you and I have. And He has an answer to everything where we feel lifted up. He'll knock us down. 
where we feel like we could, I could sure be a blessing to God in this area. I know finances really well. I'll do this. He can humble us where we need to be humbled. I'm just closing with this thought that Christian life and service is not to be lived out of our natural abilities. It's to be lived by faith and it's to be lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the answer for everything. Father, we love you.